0: Welcome to Couch to Coached, a weekly podcast with me, Rob, an aspiring runner whose favourite place has being comfy on the couch.
1: And me, Ben, a UK Athletics accredited running coach. Follow us as we try to turn Rob from couch to coached.
0: And we are live. Well... Actually, that's a bit of a lie. I'm on my own today. Um, Me and Ben are unfortunately not able to get together this week. I'm actually on my honeymoon, kind of. Um, I got married at the weekend, for those that don't know, to my lovely wife now, Laurie, and we're unfortunately, well, fortunately actually i'm going to york when we normally record the podcast for a bit of a mini moon uh, before we go on honeymoon later on in the year so what we are we have decided to do is we are recycling a past episode uh the episode with adam Burgess, the olympian and we think it's an absolute excellent episode so it's probably gonna sound better the second time round. It's a bit like a, a bit of a leftover food when you have a Chinese takeaway and it tastes better than morning after, or the day after, or pizza, or my favorite, when you, when you have spaghetti bolognese the day after. Always tastes a bit more, but a bit better. So we are big into sustainability. So this is the Adam Burgess episode. And we are
1: live. Are you sure? I think so. I think so. <laughs> testing, testing.
0: <laughs> so apologies, guys, from last week. Uh, we've had a bit of a nightmare, but we are back. We are here. We are live. Again. And- <laughs> Blimey O'Reilly. The stress this podcast provides, my oh my. <laughs>
1: I think like when, when you messaged after we'd interviewed our guest, which you're going to hear a little bit about in a minute, um, and you'll hear the interview. Finally, you'll hear the interview. My heart sunk when you said to me, I hadn't recorded. I know. You, you can't mess an Olympian around and say, oh, can you come on again next week? Um,
0: <laughs> but he has so been really good. He has been really good, so.
1: It, it's great. But yeah, let's talk about this, this guest that we've got then. So the guest that we've got, who is he?
0: He's, well, his name's Adam Burgess. Um, he's a local lad. He's from Stone. He'll tell us all this anyway. Originally, he's living in Lee Valley at the moment, but he is. He took on his first Olympics games at part of Team GB at Tokyo 2020. Uh, I think it was announced in 2021. I think it, because it was COVID time, so it was postponed by a year. But competing in the men's C1 and producing a stunning run to take a narrow fourth place finish on his debut by 0.16 of a second.
1: Oh, imagine that. Imagine. He does talk about his Tokyo experience and, and in the interview, he was, or is Great Britain's first ever C1 under 23 world champion in 2015 as well. Um, he has been growing in stature over the last few years. Um, He used to be the or is again, I keep saying used to be like we stripped him of his titles. (laughs) He's the 2018 European Championship silver medal and a World Cup silver medalist, which was on his home course of Lee Valley. He lives at Lee Valley Centre, doesn't he? I think he He said in the interview, which is the place to be, apparently, as you're going to hear. Um, and he also, uh, in 2022, won the bronze medal. At the Krakow World Cup, it's Adam Burgess.
0: Let's have a listen. Here we are again. Second time lucky. Third time lucky. Fourth time lucky. I'm not sure what luck time lucky it is this time, but uh, we're here again with our third guest of the Couch to Coach podcast. Uh, we've gone. We've had Ken Rushton from the NSRRA uh, a couple of weeks ago. Then we had uh, Barefoot Blade uh three weeks ago and now we have adam burges an olympian the bar adam, has been welcome. set
2: cool yeah thanks for having me guys looking forward to getting into it again it was a good chat last time so hopefully we can uh recreate
1: so for, people, the so for
0: people that don't know <laughs> we had a bit of an issue we had a conversation so this is a second conversation with adam, of adam and it's We've just been saying it's it's. We're really looking forward to having the same having the same conversation, kind of, because we were so impressed with last time and so in awe of what what Adam was talking about. So we will definitely get the best out of best out of me and me and me and Ben and also Adam. So if, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, Adam, again.
2: Yeah. So um, I'm Adam Burgess. I'm a canoe slalom Olympian, um, and I guess I'm here as well because I'm a breathwork teacher. Um my dad's friends with Rob. Uh, <laughs> with a, there's a local link there. Um I've since moved away, so I actually live um at the Lee Valley Whitewater Center, um, down in Hertfordshire. So um I'm based there where um canoe slalom was held um at the London 2012 games. Um but yeah, I grew up in Stone in Staffordshire, started canoeing on the River Trent, and uh yeah, still here uh do my thing
0: so is lee valley like the home of british canoe slalom then
2: mm, yeah that's right um pretty much if you're serious about the sport in this country you need to base yourself out of here um yeah i mean it's it's the best facility in the world for canoe slalom um so yeah we're incredibly lucky um to have it in britain and yeah i mean me personally incredibly lucky that it's literally in my back garden yeah <laughs>
1: In terms of countries, who's like the big powerhouses in canoe slalom? Is Britain
2: a big Yeah, we're, we're definitely up there. Um, but I mean, ahead of us, probably um, Czech Republic, um, France, Germany, Slovenia, Slovakia are also very good. Um, it's, yeah, very like European dominated. Yeah. Um, except in the women's, there's an Australian girl who wins almost everything um yeah otherwise it is it, it's very european kind of focus
0: so like if i want if, if so for example if i want to go out for a run i could just go out and i could go running around the streets of stoke if you just fancy us going and doing a bit of canoeing can you just go into the into lee valley and just do what you want to do or has it got to be all set and, and diarized
1: yeah.
2: i mean um i wouldn't recommend jumping Straight on Olympic level white water, right? Uh,
1: <laughs> Don't give him um, any ideas. Don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but no, um, you know it's it's getting more and more accessible these days. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways to to access paddle sports. Um, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be slalom. Um, Stand up paddle boarding, for example, has kind of been one of the things that that's really taken off lately, and just a really easy way to access the water and and paddle sports and yeah and i mean there's just like i mean obviously i'm biased because it's kind of what i do but just being on a river and on a on a white wall river it's just it's like being on a playground like it's so cool yeah um, when you learn to kind of be safe and control that environment um yeah it, it's cool and it's one of those things you've got to build up to so you start off on flat water um or only very slightly moving water yeah um, and just start to build it up slowly. Yeah.
1: We can't see Rob's face, but I imagine if we could, he's already thinking about his venturing to canoe. <laughs> yeah. He's going to sack me off the podcast. And that's I can tell we had a joke about it before we, we actually started recording, but I can see in five years' time, Couch to Canoe, the podcast. <laughs> coming.
0: Yeah, it sounds great. Great.
2: Got... That sounds like a really good initiative. Yeah, know. well, that's it. That's I'll, I'll, go from, I'll go from couch
0: to coach, get myself in the in the, in the realm of running, then I can, uh, I'll venture out. I have got size 14 feet for the listeners that know that I've got size 14 feet. So I don't need a canoe. I can use my shoes.
1: I could just use my shoes. I just need a <laughs>
0: so,
1: How did you get into it then Adam? So obviously you talk about, uh, you're a local lad to stone. Mm. Um, how did you get into it in terms of actually starting this hobby and what is now a career?
2: Mm. Um, a little bit of luck and like a bit of coincidence. Um, but, um, my school, uh, Walton Priory had a link, um, with Staff and Stone Canoe Club and they, they wanted a group of kids to start. And actually I wasn't part of that initial group that started out. There was like a little slip of paper. We had to get it signed by our parents to say, you know, we were allowed to go along. And I, think I just lived crumpled up in my bag. Um, I was pretty interested to give it a go, but just not organized enough to get that sorted out. Um, but yeah, I remember about six, seven weeks in someone dropped out and it just happened to be my form teacher, um, who had that, um, connection. And she just asked, oh, does anybody want to give it a try? Kind of just, you know, tentatively put my hand up and like, yeah, like I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, and yeah, it kind of blows my mind a little bit that it was like just a small, kind of spur of the moment decision like that and it's you know shaped the rest of my life so far
0: and you've gone from that to I suppose the the epitome of what you want to do in any any career is to get to I suppose in sports something like the Olympics so talk to us about the Olympics what was the journey like to get from there to the Olympics what was the training like and all sorts of different
2: things yeah I mean just, you know, journeys like that have, like, a lot of ups and downs. Um, you learned an awful lot on the way there as well. I guess at, at the start, the the main thing was just that I just loved it from the word go. You know, yeah. really enjoyed myself.
1: Were you good at it? Um. what you have to serious... I mean, obviously, anything comes with serious yeah, hard work yeah. to get to where you got to, but were you good and people spotted it and thought well this kid's really good or did was it trial and error that sense
2: yeah i mean pretty early on i think like we knew i could be really good um although i remember my very first race i was almost last (laughs) um but uh yeah i mean particularly when i started in the canoe as well so you know we we have two events in canoe slalom there's canoe and kayak yeah Yeah. Um, the kayakers are sat down with their legs out in front paddling on both sides of the boat and I do canoe, um, I'm kneeling in the boat and I'm just paddling on the one side. This uh, blew
1: my mind last time. To you yeah.
2: but
1: it blows my mind every time I've heard this, not three times now. <laughs> so Rob's telling me, you telling me, and I'm like, I, I we finished the, the failed episode last week and the first thing I said to my wife is, oh, it didn't work. But do you know, he's kneeling in the canoe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, so yeah, and it, it was when I started that there was kind of, you know, I, I, remember pretty early on, it was kind of picked up. It was like, I could be really good at this. Um, yeah. and I, I, just seemed to naturally pick it up a bit better. Um, I was a bit more excited by it. Um, it was, I guess a, a bit of a, it's like a greater technical challenge, I think in the canoe, cause obviously, you know, we're sat a bit higher up, there's the balance thing. Um, but also only paddling on one side of the boat, um, or with one hand, even so. You reach over the boat to paddle on the other side we call it a crossbow. Um, I guess, you know, it's kind of like in tennis, having a forehand and a backhand. Um, so the crossbow or like the offside is to start with, um, you know, more difficult. After 20 years, it can become sometimes you want stuff on your offside. Um, and you've really learned how to make that faster. Um, what were we saying? Are we talking about the journey all the way to the games? Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, just kind of progressed through the the British ranking system as a junior and started to make kind of like British junior teams, um, under 23 teams, and then finally um, as a senior. And then, yeah, I guess Rio was probably the first time that I was yeah. sort of in contention um, for a spot. I mean... The really difficult thing for us is that um, whilst three people make the team in each category to go to the world championships, um, World Cup circuit, like all of our races, only one person gets to go to the games.
0: That's crazy. Out of the whole of the UK, one person. (laughs) That blows my mind. And that you were that one person for
2: how many years ago, three years ago, crazy um and and for that one i mean that that selection process was was brutal um there were three of us going for it we were all top 10 in the world you know we'd all won senior international medals at like the highest level yeah um and yeah only one of us could do it so um yeah it was brutal it went down to the wire um and at the end of it i i, I came out on top which was obviously you know amazing for me and had just the best experience um you know the whole journey to tokyo even despite um the postponement by a year
0: yeah i can remember i can, I can remember you get I, I was living it with your dad it was bizarre because I, I was there with your dad because your dad told me that you got through to to actually be in the olympics he was really excited know, well, as everybody was I'm sure you were, but then it, obviously with COVID hitting, he was like postponed mm. and it was like Dean had to go. And then he couldn't go. And then he could go. And it was like, I was living it with him because obviously we were quite closely together. So it, it's actually happened and it, it, it was, I can remember watching you on television as well. It was amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, it was so good. And just, just to get there in the end and it happened yeah. you know, with everything that was going on in the world at the time. Um, you know, we were just so relieved. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't fussed. I wasn't phased by the fact it was postponed. Mm-hmm. It was like, just, just let it, let it happen. As long as it happens, I'm kind of okay. As long as I got that, that date in my calendar to aim for, um, then it was all good and, and yeah, you know, um, finished four, um, bittersweet one. You know it's and
0: was it 0.16 of a second or something like that? Yeah, that's the blink it. That of a blink a bit... of an eye. Blink of yeah. an eye.
2: Um and it's yeah, bittersweet, sweet, but um I'm I'm still here. Um and I want more next time.
1: Um and, and what what does next time look like? So I'm assuming you're going through that selection process again, or how's that working around for you to get to Paris? Is it next year, France?
2: yeah so the next olympic games is in paris um and i mean from what i understand selection has kind of started already um our policy is kind of still in its kind of consultation phase but it's going to be a little bit different this time last time around you sort of knew when you crossed the finish line who was going we had a point system it was all very clear um this time around it's going to be a little bit subjective um, they've, they've found it really difficult to come up with a system that is, um, self-selecting they're calling it. So like a point system essentially over races, but they found it difficult to come up with a system that, you know, doesn't have a scenario that they can think of that looks a bit unfair. Um, so to try and mitigate against that, there will be a kind of subjective element to it, but it's based on this thing that they're calling, um, like a metal profile. And ultimately, you know, we'll send the team with the best chance of bringing home the most medals. Um, and yeah, hopefully I'm a part of that. Things are looking pretty good so far. Um, we've got a home world championships here in London to look forward to this year, um, we'll have two selection series for the British team this year and for the British team next year. That's to select the top three. Um, I mean, so far, I think I'm unbeaten this year in training on this course. Um, last year in races, I think only two people managed to beat me on two runs, and they were both they were the last two Olympic champions. Um, but then I had them on other days, so yeah, no, it's it, it's looking pretty good right now.
0: So we said this last time on the podcast, and I'm going to say it again: when you do get a gold medal at Paris. Mm-hmm. Will you come back onto the podcast and tell us about it all? I promise you by that point we'll be a bit more slicker and we we'll would have to get you back three <laughs> times. <laughs> we'll It'll be a lot easier to do. Will you come back what? to us and tell us all about the, the winning gold in, in the Olympics? We'll have a recording
1: studio.
2: Yeah, we'll we like we'll, use the word when as well. I'm into that. Say that again. I like that you're using the word when, not if. Yeah, when? Absolutely. This is the Absolutely. That I'm using as well. I'm a big, big believer in the kind of, you know, manifesting these kind of things.
1: Definitely. it will be, be a recording studio in Rob's front room, or his playroom, as he's told us he's sitting
2: in. <laughs> Currently sat in my playroom, surrounded by all
0: the toys.
1: <laughs> so, Adam, what does your, obviously, you've, you've gone through um, a lot of, um, you know, good achievements so far. And obviously Paris is your current target. What does the training look like? Or what has the training looked like? How has that evolved over your career in Canoe Slalom and what's it looking like in say the next 12 months? How do you prepare for all this? Mm,
2: it's so this is something that just fascinates me, always has done. Um probably the thing that is, I think just yeah, will continue to keep me in the sport for years to come is it's just a never-ending process of like evolving the training plan. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of belief in my plan at the moment, you know, um, I really back the work that we're doing, uh, you know, it's, I'm trying to spend as much time as possible paddling white water. That's the crux of it. Um, what we need to do around that to support that white water training we do as well. And at the moment, what it looks like is, so I'm on the white water every morning. Um, when I finish my first session straight after that, I'm in the gym and then three afternoons a week, I'm on the white water again. And the other two afternoons are for rest. So it's kind of like having a normal job. Like it's Monday to Friday, take the weekend. Um, historically I've trained six days a week, um, last couple of years, dropped it to five and actually feel like I get a bit more done. Um, like over a year, there's not much that I can't recover from. I feel like with three good nights of sleep from Friday, um, ready to start again Monday, and it's the confidence that you can hit that week with, and the confidence that it doesn't really matter if I'm feeling tired like mm. Thursday, Friday. But I know I've got those two full days to recover.
1: And when when That's you say so, when you say we, sorry, there's a team behind you. I understand like. <laughs> Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is a funny one, actually. I I do say we a lot, even though it's an individual sport. Um. It's kind of subconscious.
1: That's what <laughs> Rob there. does when he talks about his running. He talks about it as we. Yeah. Coach. I like that.
2: It's cool. It's cool. It's a really good way to be. Um. But yeah. No. So I have a team that supports me. Um. Like primarily, it's my coach, Craig Morris. Um. You know, we're working together we're a group of three. I've got another teammate, Kim as well. She competes, um, in both events, kayak can canoe in the women's. Um, but yeah, essentially we're both working like one-to-one with Craig or two to one. Um, outside of that, we've also got strength and conditioning coach, physio, video analysis, psychology, um, performance, lifestyle, uh, medical team bits and bobs. So but they're there to support like the whole team. Um, yeah. a big part of what I like to do is, you know, really bring these guys in kind of into my journey, get them really kind of back in kind of my project as well, um, yeah. cause like we all share in that and you kind of feel it like, you know, those moments like in Tokyo, we're a much smaller team out there, but it really felt like we were working towards that together and, um, just yeah, like, like nice moments there, like in the team area, like after I finish competing and stuff, it's um like like with those guys. Um it's yeah, really cool. When
1: one we were, thing I've when, always
0: wondered, go on, rob When we were thinking about having you on as a guest, um obviously being an Olympian and, and sport and it's been a running podcast, the one thing that I was really interested in was that it is such a singular sport where where like like running. How'd you get from that how do you get into that mindset when you're being coached? Because I'm the same. Uh, I get coached by Ben, I have phone calls with Ben and he sets me a training program. But it's all down to you at the end of the day, isn't it? I suppose you are the person that does the race and that does the does the, the event. What mm-hmm. kind of things go through your mind when you're going from that position where you've got everybody with you to actually doing the race or the event?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's like a big strength. Um uh, mm-hmm you know, no, no coach or, or or team can win it for you, but, um, they can certainly, you know, put so much into the project. So I, you know, I like to see it almost like we're almost like a formula one team and I'm just like the driver, Mm. um, you know, the psychologist, she's working on the onboard computer (laughs) thing is trying to add a few more horsepower to the engine. Um, that's how I like to see it. And then like, when you're up there, yeah, you're like, you're on your own, and that's kind of cool, too. I really like that moment um, just before competing. um, But then, yeah, like, I like it. <laughs> two things about it, really. Yeah, I like the fact that I'm on my own. Um, I feel like you learn a lot about yourself in that space. Those moments are so intense, and not many people get to experience feelings like that. But at the same time you kind of feel the energy and the support of, you know, the team that have been involved in that project, but also, you know, family, friends, other supporters, people back home, all of that, people there on the riverbank. Um, and that's all super cool too.
1: And and when you go to Paris and you get that medal, this is going to happen. (laughs) Um, does the team get medals? Or is it just you that gets the medal? I've always wondered that with the Olympics because they have teams. The coaches get medals as well. We've got to look after the coaches. No, yeah, coaches, coaches, unions. Come on, yes, yes. Coach,
2: <laughs> union. come on. Just the athletes. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, if I was to do it um next time, right? You've, maybe, maybe I can do something around that. Yeah, maybe we can start a tradition. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I went to Ruislip, and Ben didn't come with me. Um as it was, it was individually running, but couldn't come. But I picked him up a medal, picked him up a medal for me. For, I picked him up and, and a hat as well. So I'm going to be sending them to him. So we can start that tradition here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna strike and we're gonna get the coaches all the all the medals as well.
1: <laughs> coaches, I mean, I'm not disrespecting Rougely ten, but um, you know, it's not the same as potentially picking up a bronze or silver or gold from Paris, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's have a look at your recovery then, because you've you've said that a lot of it is about sort of your being able to do more um during the week. And there's a a famous quote that I put on Instagram yesterday from a coach called Steve Magnus. Uh, it's more of a a formula and he says that stress plus rest equals growth Mm -hmm. so giving yourself optimum recovery time is something that you've found a balance of quite well by the sounds of it
2: yeah um always learning um i do think i've put myself into a bit of a hole the past few weeks but um yeah i mean i'm trying to be the best at rest that's my that's my little slogan um it's It's one of those things at this level and, and because we do such a cool sport, you know, everyone loves to go canoeing, um, in our game. No, everyone wants to be out there training. It's, it's very easy to overdo it. And also you, you're just not going to out train anyone. Like it's everyone's working hard. It's just, you know, I've been asked before to do like various talks and things, and they're saying, you, can you talk about hard work and things like that and like, like how, how you get where you are and. I just think at this stage, it's that's just a given like, if you're not working hard, then you're not even kind of in the, in the equation, um, there's other things at play and Yeah. I think some of the hardest stuff to do is actually resting properly. Um, it's everything you're doing outside of the training. Um, and then maybe if you're getting that right, maybe you can train a little bit more and out train people.
1: and what are your sort of, you know, without giving any sort of secrets away to your direct rivals, because they might mm. be listening to the show. We never know. <laughs> um, what are your big tips for rest? Because I know you obviously into your breath work. We want to talk about that a little bit separately in a minute. Um, but what are your big sort of things that you do for rest and recovery?
2: I sleep a lot. Um, Ideal. I yeah, it's, it's the basics, you know. I think it's something I see a lot of people make mistakes with is, is trying to, do all the complicated things first, you know, what, what are the supplements they should be taking and and all this stuff and just do the basics, right? You know, get enough sleep. Sleep is almost like top top priority when it comes to rest. Um, do what you need to do to look after that, um, get a good sleep routine, waking up at the same time in the the day, actually, you know, almost everyone has an alarm to wake up in the morning. Not many people have an alarm. When they need to start winding down to go to bed, mm. I have one, it goes off, it'll go off in about half an hour. Um, <laughs> come on, rough it
1: up, rough it up.
2: you it up. <laughs> <laughs> need to start winding down. Um, that gives me an hour and a half to be asleep. Um, so yeah, like rest is best, get your sleep in. Uh, I, I, just, I, I that's,
1: tried... that's,
0: sorry, go on,
2: oh, carry on. i say I try to I'd get a nap in as close as I can to my session. Um, snack, nap, brew is what I say. So I get home. I have a snack. I have a nap, and then I brew a coffee.
0: That sounds like me when I'm when I'm on your I'm on your on, on leave this week, and I'm like, I could just go for a nap, but I I can't because I've got other things to do. But it is, I think thought... yeah, this
2: is yeah. So <laughs> one of the, uh, the the perks of uh, it being my job, being yeah. <laughs> an athlete is yeah, you do get to uh, look into all of these things, and do yeah. naps in the day is 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 work. You know, it, it's my job to do that.
0: I think it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo like sleeps for like I think it's like eight hours, eight hours in the day as well as at night as well. do not he? he talks about that? It's crazy.
1: Hmm. I mean, as a, as a running coach, I always uh, try and test the workouts that I'm going to give to the runners that I prescribe them for. So I might start saying to. Rach, my wife, that I need to test the recovery side of it and yeah, do a couple hear. of naps in. You know.
2: <laughs> Adam's <laughs> told
1: me, what is it, snack, snack Rest Brew or something you said it was? Nap,
2: nap Brew. Yeah.
1: Snack Nap Brew. I'm going to be doing that twice a day, I think, from now on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that you do a lot of, um, again, I said it on the last time we met, it. I've been doing a bit of stalking of the Instagram, that you do uh, a lot of recovery with ice, ice baths as well, so in the
2: ice.
0: Talk to us about yeah. that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit different actually at the moment. So it's not so much about recovery for me, the ice. No. Um, so yeah, I, I love the cold. Um, well, no, actually that's wrong. I hate cold. I hate being cold. <laughs> but, uh, the cold water, um, it, you know, when you go beyond just being a little bit cold and miserable for an hour when you're having a a short, sharp burst of really intense cold, it kind of goes beyond that. And it's this like euphoric, um, kind of feeling. And yeah, I start every day, either with a cold shower or cold plunge. Um, it's yeah, during the week, it's usually just a cold shower. And then the weekends we've got a lake nearby that we can walk to. Um, it's actually starting to warm up a little bit now. Um, but yeah, not so long ago, we were breaking the ice to get in there. And um, but yeah, no, I think it's it's more of a mental game, that is for me. Um a mental game and kind of more of the other health benefits beside the recovery. Um
0: there's a breath okay. weight come into that as well, then. So because I know people know, people I've, I've done the nice ba- I've done ice bath, not as, mm. as uh, fancy as getting into late like <laughs> you and breaking the ice, tipped a few bags of ice in my bath and got in there. And it takes your breath away. So I
1: suppose is it about regulating your breath when you're getting into there? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's about
2: regulating your breath. So I'd say it's about breath control rather than breath work. Um, Yeah, I I really don't like the term breath work. I'm trying to move away from that. Um, I'm not sure what the replacement is going to be yet. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, with the ice, it's about breath control. So you can get your breath under control before you get in. I like to get into a nice rhythm. Usually I'm counting it in for five, up for 10, something like that. And then I always step into the cold at the start of my exhale and I just count it down. And And for me, that seems to control the shock response.
0: Still to come on this episode of the Couch to Coach Running Podcast.
2: Just, it, it, I've been kind of fascinated by it lately, this like nasal breathing as though it's this new, this new trend this new fad that everyone needs to try and like it, it's it's not it's 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 normal breathing nasal breathing is just breathing and um, it's how we're supposed to be doing it the couch to coach
0: podcast is available on a wide variety of podcast players if you like what you hear in this episode please remember to follow the show and set a future episodes to auto download
1: our main objective on this show is to get people into running and to talk about running We're two normal guys that live normal lives and although our following is growing, we rely on you, the listeners, to get the word out there about this show. So please, whilst you're listening, remember to leave us a review on your chosen podcast player to help boost our ratings. Finally,
0: you can stay up to date with all things Couch to Coached over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok. Just search for Couch to Coached. So when you're in the ice bath. This episode is brought to you by Protein Rebel.
1: Have you ever suffered with digestion issues during a running event? You're not alone. Research shows that 27% of marathoners and 70% of ultra runners report issues with digestion. The reasons for these gastrointestinal Issues are often the complex chemical formulations used in many sports nutrition products. They lead to bloating, cramps, and sometimes the need to run to the toilet. Not what any runner needs. Definitely not.
0: So how can you get over this when the big brands use artificial ingredients? So Protein Rebel has decided to do things differently as their products are 100% natural. They only use short, minimal, natural ingredient lists. that reduce the chance of GI issues, so gastrointestinal issues, supports support your running naturally products include maple ignite energy gels containing just maple syrup and sea salt run easy marine collagen for strengthening joints and ligaments and replace vegan protein powders if you are interested in buying any of these products we have got a special yes a special code for you to use you go onto their website and it's ctc15 and you will get yourself 15% off so when you're in the ice bath uh, you talk about breath control breath work talk to me a bit more about the 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 element of breath work or breath control or whatever you call it adam
2: yeah so um for me it started out um when i was trying to rehab a shoulder injury Mm -hmm. and it was one of those injuries where it just took so long to actually find out what was the problem. And I had one really good physio who suggested that I was breathing too much from my upper chest and that that might have been causing the problem. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: I think I mentioned it to my mum, and she suggested I went to her yoga class, Um, which at the time was, I was, you know, I I was not convinced to be honest, let's say (laughs) that. Um, but I went along anyway. Um, and yeah, just got truly humbled really by, uh, by, you know, a room full of women, um, who were way stronger than me, um, <laughs> um but yeah, so for a guy who, you know, lifts weights and, um, is like, you know, extreme sport, it was, it it could have gone one of two ways really. you know, that can be a, a big hit to the ego and put you off forever, or what I think is the kind of the athlete mindset is you kind of get humbled at something like that. You realize maybe there's a lot to learn here. Mm. And I was really interested to see what, yeah, what I could learn from it. If it would help my shoulder get better. Um, and then yeah, like, and beyond and yeah, my yoga practice has, has continued ever since, um, I actually teach now. Um, but the whole time I think, you know, it was breath that got me into it. It's, it's the breath that is still, um, the most important part for me. Um, the thing I'm most interested in the most keen to share. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not so much about performance as it is about health um longevity of my career as well as like longevity generally of life yeah Um, yeah that's kind of what what it's all about for me
1: so in terms of controlling the breath then um what are for the listeners some of the the sort of quick off the top of your head benefits to controlling your breath
2: yeah so I mean, breathing is one of those things that it's automatic. So, when when you tell people you're you're a breath teacher or a breath coach, whatever, they're like, "Well, I can, I can, I can remember that joke. <laughs>
0: it was about David Beckham listening to a po- listening to a podcast or something. What you're listening to? Oh, it's just it's just Victoria telling me to breathe in and breathe out. It's like that kind of thing, isn't it? Where we talk to people, and it's like, "Well, what can you do with other than breathe? But there's a lot that you can do.
1: Mm.
2: Exactly. There's there's so much to it. And um what I teach, you know, we look at uh, three different things. Look at the biochemistry of breathing, the biomechanics, and the resonance or the pace of the breath. And we're trying to influence all of these things. Now, certain breath practices wow. may only look at one of those things. Um and for uh for a true intervention wow. to really be successful. You need to consider all three, um, the foundation of, of all of all three of those things is that we breathe through the nose, um, 24 hours a day at rest. And then yeah, as much as possible as well during exercise. Now, last time we spoke about this and I was talking about the small hack you can use to get the guaranteed nasal breathing during sleep, which. It's very simple. You just tape the mouth shut. Um, a few different ways of doing it. Small piece, like a postage stamp sized piece, just across the middle of the lips. You can go all the way across as well if you're comfortable doing that. Ben said he was going to try it after we spoke last week. <laughs> and I'm curious to hear how he got on.
1: I didn't try it. I will admit, I didn't try it. <laughs> it's only because I mentioned it to my wife and I said, look he's talked about taping mouth shut when you sleep. And she looked at me really funny, first of all, <laughs> and then I tried to explain to her the benefits of doing it. And obviously didn't come across as um, clear and clear with as, as you have about the benefits behind it. So she kept on looking at me and then, when I pulled out a, a roll of gorilla tape, which is like <laughs> heavy, heavy <laughs> duty um, tape, you'd use to hold pipes together, <laughs> she just said you're you're not getting into bed with that on your mouth. So um, it is still something I want to try. Mm. Um, and I think what what I have found actually since our last discussion was I have been more aware of the fact that I do breathe an awful lot through the mouth. Mm. Um, and mean, messaged after last failed attempt to record and I said I do have quite sometimes quite poor sleep quality um Mm. but one of the things I have found is I'm more aware of the fact I'm I'm actually trying to breathe more through the nose and I went for a walk around the woods the other morning because I didn't have time to do exercise and I wanted to get a bit of space before work um and I went for about a 20 minute walk and I deliberately just was breathing through my nose for the whole time I I don't know if i felt any difference but I guess it's not one of the things you would feel an immediate difference from mm-hmm. right yeah not. it's you mean I mean
2: you may not feel different for going for a walk and breathing for your nose to how you felt before you went mm-hmm. but you might feel different to had you have done that and not been so conscious of your breathing mm-hmm. um you know, if you, if you monitor or track anything, um, with like a like Garmin or a, Whip or like whatever you use, yeah.
1: um,
2: I'd be really interested to see that kind of data. Um, you might find that your heart rate variability is higher, um, yeah. because you're less stressed.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, a really uh-huh. simple way to think about these things is, you know, if the, if the mouth is open, that's a sign to the brain from the body that you're under threat. So, if you can keep the mouth closed and sustain your nasal breathing, you're way more likely to keep your body in that parasympathetic, rest and digest state.
0: So breathing, breathing through the nose for me, I find it quite difficult because I, I get. Quite, it sounds really revolting. When I run, a lot of mucus and snot up my nose. But what? How do I combat that if I if I'm running? Because I, I do get a lot. Um, and that does result in me being not unable to breathe through my nose, but difficult to keep breathing through my nose. Like today I went out for a runner and I knew we were going to do this, this uh, podcast again today. So I thought I'll try it. And because of that, it was right quite difficult. Is there any tips that you could suggest for that?
2: You just got to start slowly, you know, yeah. do as much as you can. And um, what I normally suggest is if, yeah, if you can't breathe through the nose and say it's, it's a run or you know exercise session, whatever it is you're doing. If you're going to be in kind of like like zone one and two, and you can almost like we use zone one and two as like a as like a guide. You can use yeah. the nose as a guide. so you go at nose pace. Uh-huh. Okay. And, you know if you're struggling, you slow down until you can sustain that. Now it might feel like you're taking a step backwards, but when that nasal breathing catches up, you'll take two three steps forwards. Yeah.
0: So, because we had a question from, um, one of the, the one of our runners who run the Stoke fit and she talks about, she's an asthmatic runner. So other than breathing in through the nose and then out through the mouth, rather than gasping, any other useful breathing techniques to help when running an effort that you would recommend? So would you be saying through the nose in, through the nose out? Um, cause she takes an yeah. inhaler and she struggles mm-hmm. sometimes.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'd say, yeah, nose in, nose out. Um, the nose in, mouth out that we all learned from our PE teacher. it mm. um, yeah, actually causes more nasal congestion than nose in, nose out. Okay. Um, what the nose out does is it just controls that exhale, really slows it down. Um, now with asthma, um, from what I understand, um, depending on whether it's, it's asthma or exercise-induced asthma, um, it's its bronchoconstriction and like yeah. restriction of the airway particularly in the cold air that we've got at yeah. the moment you really don't want to be breathing that in through the mouth because the, the mouth serves no purpose when it comes to breathing um if we use the nose then we're warming that air up we're slowing it down we're humidifying it it's much better on the airway so yeah for asthma sufferers it's going to be much much better for that i was actually when I was younger, I was told I had exercise-induced asthma um, by one of our sports doctors, and this was because I was just finding it hard training in the cold. And, and it's nonsense. I didn't have exercise-induced asthma. I was just rubbish at breathing. Well, that's okay. Um, so they gave me an inhaler and were like, "Cool, crack on." And uh, yeah, I, I just I wish that there's. There was a bit more awareness and a bit more education around this stuff because i could have learned this years ago if there was um and yeah i definitely don't have exercise induced asthma i've got no need for an inhaler um what i was suffering from was this constriction because i was gasping this cold air in
0: and it makes sense it makes a lot of sense until you've actually said that the the mouth is is function is to talk and to eat and like say digest
2: is so Peter Patrick, he um he he explains it so clearly. The nose is for breathing, the mouth is for eating, Yeah. right? Um, I shared a post recently on uh, my TikTok and how just it, it, I've been kind of fascinated by it lately. This like nasal breathing, as though it's this new, this new trend, this new fad that everyone needs to try, <laughs> and like it, it's it's not. It's 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 normal breathing. Nasal breathing is just breathing. Yeah. Um, it's how we're supposed to be doing it.
1: I mean, it's, it's interesting because I remember having two kids and and they, when they're born, you, you go through like your NCT classes and the doctors and stuff. And actually, I Googled this between the last failed episode and this one. I've got it here. So young babies don't develop the reflex to breathe through their mouths until they are three or four months old. And in children, mouth breathing can lead to microtraumas of the tonsils and ananoids causing them to enlarge and restrict the airway. So that is go right back to when we're born. we don't actually breathe through the mouth it is all through the nose
2: yeah and a lot of these problems as I mean you you can obviously you can be predisposed um to asthma genetically and, and, and allergies and things like this. but a lot of this stuff doesn't come out until kids are a little bit older yeah around the age of four or five I think for most people um so yeah we're we're all majority of us are born breathing perfectly. you watch a baby breathe it's like the whole thing inflates <laughs> mechanics are great it's using its nose um, you know the same for movement as well right like toddlers like perfect movers like the yeah. perfect squat all of that and it's, it's unlearned as we get older we spend too much time sitting in chairs eat too much processed food talk too much
1: it can be looked happen. at for so many things can't it the fact that as we get older we try and think that we're going to be better at things by making changes but we're born in the most perfect natural form of breathing the right way we don't wear shoes we're not intended to necessarily wear shoes so there's books like um was it born to run where they they study um you know the 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 way in which we're supposed to be running um Mm. we eat processed foods but there was no processed foods back when man was first created um so we are we're doing quite a lot of damage to ourselves aren't we yeah yeah
2: and these these processed foods it's not just wreaking havoc with our, our gut and what's going on inside it's like the actual development of the jaw as a kid which obviously is then affecting the development of the airway as a whole yeah. and that's why this uh, in some people in some individuals this mouth breathing starts is because the airway is not big enough to breathe through the nose so the mouth has to open so we've got to start, and like people see change, little changes in the shape of their face um, from correcting their breathing to be more functional and through the nose.
1: So in terms of breathing practices, um, obviously you've talked about taping your mouth when you're yeah. sleeping, and are there, are there breathing practices which you do regularly away from that, and are there things that the listeners, if they were conscious of their breathing and wanted to see if there's any improvements they could get for the health they could go away and do after listening to this show
2: yeah i mean i am i'm a big believer in the work that i'm doing in breath now is about education and you know i feel like i'd love it if everyone just knew how to breathe in any given situation Maybe it's to create a certain state. Maybe it's to relax, maybe it's to upregulate. So yeah, what I teach is education and the idea of it being that you don't need a breath practice, you know, people find it really difficult to commit to these things, 20 minutes a day of, of this or that, you know, <sighs> whether it's meditation or whatever that might be, you know, these habits tend to drop off. Mm. So. What I'm trying to to do is, is teach principles, teach mechanism so that you don't need the breath practice, but you're just breathing better 24 hours a day. Um, and yeah, I mean, the ways to start is to just, as, as you've done, start to pay attention to it during the day, go out for those walks, just check in regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, we all need the cues. We all need something to trigger that thought how am I breathing right now Mm. when you're having that thought more often you know it just snowballs until yeah I mean for me I'm thinking about it a lot probably too much are you thinking about it now then Adam with your breathing yeah breathing and speaking is something that I find really difficult okay um and it's really important because obviously speaking is exhaling through the mouth yeah because so, we talked about it on the last bottle we keep calling it the
0: failed podcast it's got its own name <laughs> it's become we we'll put it <laughs> yeah. up we were talking about it on the failed episode that you, you talk about when you rest that you don't do a lot of speaking because mm. that is your because you, you're trying to prevent to to retain all the breath if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense to you i don't know if you want to talk about that
2: yeah yeah no i i try and be quiet um during rest um Historically, looking back, there's been, you know, certain figures in the past who literally withheld speech, mm. uh, for health reasons. And yeah, I think, you know, there's a very good reason why, why monks move around slow and they don't speak very much. They're very quiet you know, they move in silence. Um, and yeah, I mean, they learn to breathe before they learn to count. It's, it's just so fundamental. Um, and hopefully, yeah, I mean. My goal is to get this stuff taught in schools at some point.
1: Um, so, let, so let's have a look at giving yourself a little plug. How, if people want to learn more from you, obviously we've only got this podcast episode. Hmm. Um, where can people go to get some of this information from you?
2: Yeah, so I, um, I've i got some really exciting stuff coming up. Um, recently started working with a new um, business coach to help me kind of flesh this out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, yeah, if people go on, you can go to my Instagram, um, I'm at slalom underscore Burgess. Uh, I've got a website link on there. If you want the website as well, it's just www.adam-burgess.co.uk. Um, I've got a link on there. You can register interest. Um, and yeah, if you do that, I'll be in touch very soon about, um, all my offerings. I think we're going to have, um, group offerings as well as, uh, one-to-one work as well. Excellent. What's the, what's the long-term
0: ambition then with all the the breath work slash control?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about this stuff. Uh, Um, can clearly see. Yeah. I really feel like we can make a big difference, um, to a lot of people, you know, it's, it's changed my life and, you know, I'm really keen to, kind of inspire these changes in other people. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is my job, really, on the side. At the moment, it's more of a side hustle, but
1: hmm.
2: um I'll, I'll probably transition into this full-time at some point.
1: And we're right in saying that you're looking to, or you're a believer and probably looking to get this taught in schools. That's what you're thinking is a, a way forward, or certainly should be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, the younger people can start this stuff. Um We can prevent the need for the breathwork practice later in life, um, you know, giving people the tools, um, to a, a not be as predisposed things like anxiety, panic attacks, allergies, asthma, all of these things. Um, but then also have the tools to know what to do if we are kind of experiencing any of these things.
1: There are obviously many health benefits to it. Um, Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, a few there obviously can help with things like anxiety, asthma. Mm -hmm. Um, From a performance point of view, I'd be interested because one of the key things with performance, certainly in running, ultimately is to keep your heart rate as low as possible so you can sustain a level of performance, your pace Mm -hmm. output. Um, What's the best way to reduce or control the breath to reduce your heart rate or to keep your heart rate low, either before an event or during an event?
2: Mm So um, no, this is a, a really interesting question and uh, respiratory rate and heart rate are, are really closely intertwined. Um, one of my first clients, actually, she's an Olympic finalist and her rest and heart rate dropped by 10 beats um, within a few weeks of working together. Wow. Um, and this is a fit elite level athlete. Mm. Um, and yeah, just a simple bit of education. Um, this one thing to remember as well is that You know, you can be incredibly fit and not necessarily that good at breathing.
1: Mm.
2: I've been an example of that in the past. Um, And there's lots of other examples out there. Um, But also, you know, not necessarily being good at breathing doesn't mean you're unfit. Um, But they can certainly complement one another. There's the relationship between respiratory rate and heart rate. Um, When we inhale, the heart rate speeds up. When we exhale, the heart rate slows down. So it's a difference between this pace, um, the discrepancy there, that that's what heart rate variability refers to, but we can manipulate this knowledge and we can extend that exhale and that can slow our heart rate down.
1: And we're doing that through the nose or through the nose and mouth for that purpose, or
2: ideally it's nose, nose. Yeah. Um, when we're exercising, um, you know, we talk about gears, there's different gears to this. So nose in mouth, out would be the slightly harder gear. Mm. Mouth in mouth out is absolutely maximal. If, if you need it, I'm not sure there's many situations where that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, even nose in mouth out, but for the majority of people, it probably is a gear to go into with the goal to train the nose in nose out, to be able to sustain it at those higher intensities as well, though.
1: So for a complete beginner looking to control their breath for a performance basis to lower the heart rate, Mm -hmm. it would be. uh,
2: For a complete beginner, to be honest, I wouldn't even be thinking about it for exercise, Okay. I wouldn't be worried about it. I'd be trying to make sure the breathing is optimal throughout the day at rest.
0: So when you're resting, when you're resting, when you when you can think to yourself, right, Rob, what's happening when you're breathing? Then once yeah. you've got to that point of where you're recognising that and you're able to do it a bit more sustainably, you then think to yourself, right, okay, I'll take that into my exercise of choice or my my sport of choice. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And and you'll yeah. already be seeing benefits in the exercise because you'll yeah. be recovering that much better.
1: And you'll be deliberately trying to exhale for longer than the inhale. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I yeah. think. It's it's like in stages. So you know we work this stuff at rest, then we bring it into like the recovery periods of the exercise, or the warm up and the warm down. Uh, and okay. then once there, that's when we can start to bring it into the actual efforts.
1: I mean, I'm already doing it now. I'm sitting here breathing. (laughs) I am as
2: well. (laughs) i been going out
1: as long as I can through the nose. Yeah, I'm. I'm sold. I'm going to be registering Adam. I want more information. I think this is this is something listeners. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're listening to it because you're interested in running, or you're one of Adam's friends, and that's more likely because you've probably got you've got more followers than us. you're probably going to be wanting to take something away from this podcast. And I think this is brilliant because this is something you can literally be sitting there, uh, you know, whether you're on the bus on the way to work or you're sitting in the car, driving to work or walking down the street or lying in bed, sitting on the sofa, you can be practicing this or, you know, working on that and becoming aware. And you're already making strides in improving your health and also potential your fitness levels.
2: Yeah. I mean, for the runners out there, um, some homework for you if you want it. Um, watch videos of Kipchoge running and just mm. look at his face. Mm. Um, just smiling the whole smiling, way
1: yeah. through our marathon.
2: He does. Yeah. I've noticed that when he was running, yeah. so he just it's smiling. Actually, it's really good posture in the face for breathing as well. So tongue resting in the upper palate and almost like a half smile on the face yeah. really helps to kind of just, just, you, you can see it. It kind of stretches the skin underneath the nose and opens that airway okay he's not gasping for air is he like you know no we see our never bark, just gasp it's like no you don't need to do that
1: even when he's running sub two hour marathons he's smiling right <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So, so one of my uh one of my breathwork teachers he he said early on he's like you know like, none of us are going to run at his pace so this guy was a running coach as well he says you know we can't run at his pace but we can all run at his effort level mm. like, yeah you don't need to be out there gasping for air and um you know panting and i would say i would say i've
0: looked at some of you again some of your tiktok videos and your instagram videos and it gives you techniques of how to how to clear your airways how to clear your nasal passages and things so if people that are similar to me and they're similarly thinking how the hell am i going to do this i would say go and look at uh, adam's tiktoks look at his instagram is it slalom Burgess, slalom underscore burges something like that uh, TikTok, um, it's
2: uh, breathe with
0: Burgess. That's the one. That's the one. So yeah, there's loads right, of. Rob. I know. Well, I know this. I know the Instagram one. So there's loads of stuff out there that you can have a look at. So do mm. do do that, um, and fa- and find out what you can do with your breathing.
1: Um, what we'll do, Adam, if you send the details over to Rob, because he clearly can't remember them. he's supposed to do his research, we'll, um, we'll pop them in the show notes as well. So if you are listening, if you scroll down to that now, you should be able to see uh, Adam's details to get either some – reach out to get some information in regards to all this um, or obviously follow his social media profiles and have a look at it as well because Rob's obviously a big fan. He's been stalking. I've been looking on there as well. It is all fascinating stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating conversation, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. – it's these little things that can really help to change people's outlook. I think it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, I, it's it's been a big part of my journey, I think, with sport. Um, now I feel so fortunate to be in a position where, you know, I get to invest so much time and energy into one thing and, um, you know, I guess you dial it down, I think, as human performance. With um, physical perspective, mental, technical in canoe slalom. And, you know, I've, I've gone through phases in the past where I've almost felt guilty that I'm so fortunate that I get to do it. I I love my sport. I probably enjoy it more now, even than when I was like 12 years old. Um, and I kind of made peace with that in the knowledge that I'm learning all this stuff, but I also get to share it. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I've gone out there and studied more. And you know, done the kind of what I need to do in terms of qualifications, insurance, and things. And and the the breathing is the main thing for me at the moment. Um, but you know, we as athletes, we, we and you, and you'll get it as runners as well. Everyone has a different entry point into these things, but it can be the gateway to better health all round.
1: So, do you see yourself in a few years? Not a few years' time. Hopefully, your career is a lot longer than that, but in terms of stepping away from canoe slalom competing, do you see yourself as maybe being a coach to future Olympians? Obviously we talked about the teams behind people these days, Um, being someone that could actually help people to improve their performance by being a breathwork teacher.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure who, who my client would be, um, when I step away from sport. Um, but certainly, you know, do see myself in that teacher, um, coach role. Um, certainly breath work, probably holistic health as a whole, eventually. Mm. Um, trying to keep it a bit more simple for now. Uh, whilst I'm still an athlete, I probably will just be mm. teaching breath. And then, yeah, um, when I transition out of sport, maybe I'll broaden. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not just keen to work with athletes. This, this stuff is for everyone,
1: for sure. Yeah, good. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm keen to talk a bit about your running, Adam. run run a running podcast
2: yeah yeah absolutely
1: what's what's your history of running have we got one
2: so you know what i actually went out on a a, not much of a run but i ran today uh yeah i won't say i went out for a run let's say i ran Uh, (laughs) i did my first uh my first pain-free kilometer um in, in a very long time um I historically have never got on with running. I always hated it. I had a coach years ago that was quite into it. And yeah, it was just misery for me. Absolute misery. Um, since teaching, or since relearning myself how to breathe and um, wanting to teach that some more, wanting to progress myself, um, I, I, I got into it. And, and yeah, I was really enjoying it. But I guess I've gone from doing no running to it was when I came home from the Olympics. I think it was a bit of an outlet for me. Uh I was running three or four times a week. Um, And as you can imagine, um, as a canoeist, you know, not really training legs, um, I'm a little bit top heavy. (laughs) Um, I'm also kneeling in the boat and have been doing so for almost 20 years. Um, So knees, hips, ankles, um, not in great shape. So, yeah, that, that was fairly short lived um, for me, but hopefully uh, I'm starting to. I've been doing a lot of work, a lot of uh, rehab in the gym. I
0: know, a, I know a coach, if you need a running coach, uh, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. He's <laughs> Do a dodgy brummy
1: lad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's what I get told, by the way. I'm a dodgy brummy lad. I don't, listen to him. I don't listen to him. I'm working wonders with some great runners at the moment, Um me included. Pa- yeah, he's getting there. Um, <laughs> when you say pain-free run, what what's the problem? I'm not I'm not about to. Spend yeah, minutes, 20 minutes it's to yeah, it's been a for problem.
2: Yeah, it's been a knee problem. Um, it's like an impact thing. So, particularly running downhill, um, yeah. I was fr- pretty good going uphill. Um, but um, yeah, like flat or down, I was really struggling. Um, but it's yeah, I've done a lot of work. And um,
1: I'm is that because so- of the position in the canoe? Do you think or
2: Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to build back up slowly. Yeah, could. As I say, I was, I was getting really into it and, um, yeah, kind of, it was like extra, it was additional to the training that I was doing. I kind of saw it a bit more as like more of like a headspace thing than anything else for me. Um, but yeah. And, um, I think we, we had a, a bit of a chat. You wanted to hear my story about, um, not turning left.
1: I, I saw a <laughs> post on your Instagram story about yeah. someone. I think a message between oh, yeah, you really, and yeah. a friend or something.
2: Yeah, the the, the, uh, the take me to church story. Um, there's a there's a World Cup uh, almost every year in this this beautiful town um, in the uh, Spanish side, of the Pyrenees, called La Serra gel um It's where I won my Olympic spot as well. But, um, there's a church you can see on this mountain from our hotel and, uh, from the slalom course, it's about 5k up and 5k down. And it's, it's pretty steep and I, not being a runner. I'd never done it before. Um, until we were there, um, after I started, I was like, I've got to try this church from now I'm a, I'm a runner now,
1: mm.
2: but, uh, it, it was literally when I, it wasn't long after I'd come home from the game. So yeah, I had. It might've even been the first run I was that, that I tried and essentially, yeah, I accidentally ran 12 K up a mountain, um, because no one told me to turn left. They just said, just keep going. <laughs> 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 and yeah, there's a search party out and it kind of happened. Cause I was kind of stuck between like, I was stuck between the fast group of my teammates who also run, um, but I was a bit faster than the slower group. Like I've got the lungs for it, just, just not the legs. Um, but I mean, you know, when they were when they were searching for me and when they were shouting, they were shouting from the top of the mountain. And like one of the jokes was, well, he's not going to be able to reply, is he? Because his mouse tape's shut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, uh, and yeah, I basically ran to the next town and I could see the church like so far below me before I realized I've gone too far here. Yeah. Um, and I, like I knew it was 5k, but I wasn't wearing a watch. I didn't have a phone. Uh, it was pretty miserable, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I like running, so I could have been going 20 minutes and it just feels like two hours <laughs> um,
1: God for life after that experience. Yeah, sound,
2: yeah, I have been. And actually I've since I've since been back up there and I've done it properly. And I've also, I think the third time I ran, I managed to go the wrong way again. <laughs> um, yeah it turned into like a run slash boulder session to get to the top in the end
1: <laughs> you you stick to your white water adam i think you're doing yeah, great, great? So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've just got one last question for you adam before we i think uh, ben's got his little bit of a quiz to end on mm. how often do you get back to stoke?
2: um yeah I, I get back as often as i can um probably not as often as i should really um to see uh,
0: this isn't a question from you now by the way this is a question from me <laughs>
2: <laughs> we've actually um staff stone canoe club um actually hosted uh like a series of winter slaloms there's three okay. of them they do it every year um i actually got back for all three of those so yeah i've been home three times in the last six weeks brilliant brilliant Um yeah, I'm not sure the next time I get back. It's usually, you know, at least if it's been two months, then i I, I got to get home.
0: And what do you miss the most about Stoke? Obviously, apart from your family.
2: Um, <laughs> not the football I mean, team. Not the besides football team. family, yeah. yeah. We, we, we say family first, because I've got in trouble before. Yeah, definitely family <laughs> first. answering oatcakes to that. I was going to
0: say, I knew you we were going to say oatcakes. <laughs> Ben's not sure about what oatcakes are, really, and what he can have on it, but I knew you were going to say oatcakes. That's why I asked yeah. the question.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah definitely no well, not at the moment
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're a stoke city fan for the people that don't know he's he, Adams of stoke city fan
2: yeah big time yeah
0: go on then ben i'll let you finish off with the with the quiz the quiz
1: i've developed a quiz you're going to enjoy this one so what we're going to do we're going to play canoe or runner
0: canoe or <laughs> okay. runner so
1: I, i'm going to ask you in turn i'm going to give you the name in turn and you're going to tell me whether it's a canoe slalom or a runner Okay. okay who wants to go first
0: i'll let adam go first as is the guest
1: all right adam is this person a canoe slalomer or a runner i, I should know this Eliud kipchoge
0: right. I, I knew i should have gone first i knew that one
2: thank god i mean it was starting <laughs> easy so that's one to adam if i don't know the name then i'm going to get a runner as well uh, <laughs> <out>. tactics tactics
1: <laughs> rob is this what? person a canoe slalomer or a runner Adam Burgess.
0: Oh, that's an odd that's an one. Canoe slalom. He's
1: not, he's not a runner. Established <laughs> we established We established
2: that. both now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Adam, is this person a canoe slalom? Mr. a runner. David Florence.
2: Canoe slalom.
1: Canoe slalom, correct. 2 1. Rob. Mallory Fla- Franklin. Runner. Oh, no,
0: is it a canoe slalom? slalom. I'm trying to read Adam's
2: face as well.
1: (laughs) Olympic skills
2: medalist from Tokyo.
1: Adam, is this person a runner or canoe slalom? Claire Duck. Runner.
2: Runner.
1: Runner. Good. (laughs)
0: 3-1.
1: Rob. Go on. Steve Prefontaine.
0: Runner. Yeah.
1: Yeah, see, Adam knows he's
0: got it. (laughs) Yes,
1: Adam. Let's give you Sammy Wanjiru. Runner, got it. (laughs) One more for me. Go on, one more for you, Rob.
0: Winner takes all.
1: Winner takes all.
0: Yeah, so if I get this one, I win.
1: (laughs) <laughs> jessica fox
0: canoe slalom
1: got it, oh! got it. <laughs> we'll
2: call it a tie so uh i i, I imagine that's probably a guest still
0: <laughs> it was very much so very much so <laughs> i think we've got less than one minute to go so what i'm going to do is say thank you very much for joining us adam it's been mm. really enlightening and and I'm sure if people want to get more information, they can go to Instagram and TikTok and email. We'll put all the details on there. And we will see you when you win a gold in Paris.
2: Awesome. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Cheers,
1: Thank you, Adam. Thank Adam. Thank you so Thank much. You. Good luck. Cheers.
0: I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did listen to it again. Uh Adam Burge's who came forth in the Olympics a couple of years ago hopefully we will be back soon when he definitely wins that gold medal Uh, and we will be back soon as well back to normal me and ben next week and we will be looking at the couch to coach challenge so if you haven't already done so you can still go out it is open for another week you can go out and you can run past the church and wish myself and my my lovely wife a um congratulations and happy wedding i suppose is that an actual thing i'm not quite sure but anyway congratulations and a happy wedding and we will be back with the father of the listener as well uh so back to some kind of normality and we will see you all later